This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to a special edition of Prospects 101, instant reaction to the 2021 Senior Bowl. Rolling solo today, I'm your host, Kenny Keller, and as always, Prospects 101 is presented by Blue Wire Pods. You can follow Prospects 101 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Prospects101Pod. What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's having a great weekend. For all of you on the East Coast, a lot of snow coming in. Hope everybody's safe. Hope everybody has stocked up on food and whatnot because it sounds like it's going to be snowmageddon on the northeast. And, you know, here in the D.C. area, it looks like we're going to get about eight inches. So nothing too crazy, but I know a lot of our northerner listeners are going to get hammered. So hope everybody's staying safe. Man, what a great, great day for football today. You know, a, a partly sunny day. 65 degrees in Mobile, Alabama. The Senior Bowl couldn't have had really better weather. I mean, obviously, it probably could have been a little warmer, but, you know, it had a little bit of a wind issue here and there. But overall, just couldn't ask for better weather. I think a dry day is really what you want to see when evaluating the Senior Bowl. And it it was. It was a great game. I really enjoyed it. It's been a great week. And and obviously, we talked about on our Senior Bowl preview how this was a – really big week for a lot of these prospects because there is no combine and there's only pro days with really no one-on-one workouts. So this was a huge, huge deal for these prospects and and to really cap it off with the game today, let's hop right into it because I I don't want to be too long. I just really wanted to get some initial thoughts and reactions onto onto a recording and out to you guys after watching the game while it was still fresh. I'm going to go over a list of standouts and, and this is a pretty extensive list, but I'm going to go over a list of standouts for today's game that I thought made significant contributions, not only in the box score, but outside the box score on multiple occasions. Like every time I looked at looked up at the TV, they, these guys were making plays one way or another, or they were impacting the play one way or another. And I'm going to start off with Ellerson Smith, defensive lineman from the University of Northern Iowa. What a stud he was today. He definitely made some dough. Really good-sized kid. I think he came in at 6'6", 273 or 83 pounds. Uh, I don't have the info right in front of me, but really big kid. I know he's a former tight end, recruited as a tight end, came in as a defensive lineman, and obviously there was no FCS football this year. So you, you would think he would have came in today kind of under the gun, a little bit behind the eight ball, but he wasn't. He had a pretty decent week of practice 
and then just absolutely made some plays today on the field. A lot of tackles for losses, was was really disruptive, was in the backfield all game long. I, I got to say, I was really impressed with him. I didn't think I would walk away that impressed with Ellerson after watching him all week, but he really showed up on film today in the game. Next guy, Michael Carter, running back out of UNC. Explosive. Just a big ball of energy. That's as, that's as best as I could describe Michael Carter. Very tough to bring down. Had some really tough runs today. Had some runs where he made one cut and you blinked and he was gone upfield. Just to me, looked like the best running back on the field today and it wasn't really even close, to be honest. I, you just can't teach the way he runs with the football in his hand. I mean, he's just explosive. And then his touchdown run where he got hit I think at the four yard line and then just powered the entire pile into the end zone. Really impressive. Another guy who stood out to me is Benjamin St. Justy, cornerback out of Minnesota. Uh, it seemed like he was always in the mix today. They targeted him a lot and he was making a lot of plays. And I didn't play a perfect game, but it just seemed like when he needed to make a play, when they really tested him, he came through and passed that test. I was really happy to see him stand out. Dalen Hayes, defensive lineman, my next guy, Notre Dame. I really shouldn't be a surprise if he had a really good game today because he had a really great week of practice. I think he's another guy who's made a lot of money this week uh, and then capped it all off with a very good performance today. Very similar to Ellerson, was in the backfield a ton, showed great technique, showed, showed great burst and bend at the hip, was in the backfield a lot, creating pressure. Uh, just really excited to see him have a really good day. My next guy is outside or is Ohio State linebacker Justin Hilliard. Uh, he made plays. He made. He had tackles for losses. He had pass breakups. He just seemed to be really all over the field today. Pretty athletic. You know, I, I wouldn't say he lit the game on fire, but a couple times today I looked up and he was making the plays that needed to be made. Next guy, UCLA wide receiver slash running back, Demetric Felton, caught a touchdown pass early. I know DJ Daniels was playing off of him on the goal line. I think they were around like the eight or nine yard line red zone area. And he basically gave him like a seven, eight yard cushion. Felton read it, made a, made a, uh, a good read, caught the ball pretty much right there at the line of scrimmage and then proceeded just to eat up Dylan, uh, or sorry, DJ Daniels all the way into the end zone for a touchdown. Showed his, showed what he is really capable of doing with the ball in his hands because not only was he a running back, but he's an offensive weapon. He knows how to run with the football in his hands. And I thought he did a really good job of that today, uh, especially on that touchdown catch. Next guy, Tulane defensive lineman Cameron Sample. Now, this is a guy who is going to show up in the stat book, but a lot of what's not going to show up in the stat book is he was double teamed a lot today. Uh, a couple times I looked up and the guard and tackle had him locked up in a double team. And to me, that is a very good sign of respect that the opposing team was giving him. And then not only that, he had a good game statistically too. I think he had a couple tackles for loss. I think he had a uh, two sacks that I saw or a sack and a half. I think he had to split one er earlier. I think it was a, a half a sack, but he was consistently in the backfield. He had tackles for losses. He had sacks. He was double teamed. I mean, he was pretty disruptive all game long. I was very impressed with Sample. In fact, he was one of the guys I was most impressed with. Next guy, home hometown kid. So obviously the game was played at the University of Southern Alabama's field. And linebacker Riley Cole made a lot of great plays today. Was he perfect? No. Uh, I believe he was juked out 
uh, earlier in the game by Michael Carter in the open field. But, you know, that's going to happen, especially with someone like Michael Carter, who's a really good running back. But Cole was there making plays. Uh, he's a little undersized. I think he's 6'2", 240. He's, I know it sounds weird to say he's undersized, but he just plays kind of small. It's, it's weird. He's a fast – he's a faster guy, and he just doesn't play big. I, I don't know how to explain it other than that, but he played well today. I think he definitely – made some headway, made some, put some good film on tape. And so I, you know, I think he's going to be a mid to late round guy. He's going to be a really good situational linebacker at the next level. I was really impressed with the way he played today. My next player, Auburn linebacker, KJ Britt, I two, three tackles for loss, a couple pass breakups, tip passes at the line. He just had a nose for the football today. Looked really, really good. I, I, I think he definitely made some dough in terms of he's going to get drafted. Like I, I don't think it was really a question that if he was, but he definitely gained probably another round today on film. So really excited to see him do well. Clemson wide receiver Amari Rogers have a day. I mean, we talked about this earlier in the pod. He's 5'9", 211 is what he weighed in at. Just a big ball of muscle, man. And, and you could tell he was a lot for any cornerback to handle one-on-one today. So caught a touchdown pass, caught a two-point conversion really was in sync with the quarterbacks today. The quarterbacks really seemed to trust him, which is a big deal, especially with the as short of practice time as they had leading into today's game. So did nothing to to prove that he had a – did disprove what he did at practice this week. He had a really good week of practice, and he capped it off with a really good game today. Here was a surprise because this guy did not have a great week of practice, in my opinion, and that was Washington cornerback Keith Taylor. But he was all over the field today. He gave up technically two touchdowns. One, I think the ball bounced off the ground, but they don't do replays in the Senior Bowl. So I'm not really going to hold that one against him. And and plus, to be honest, it was just kind of garbage time. I think there was like a minute left in the game. Um, so I'm not going to hold that one against him. Now, he did, he did give up a, uh, a touchdown to, I believe, Josh Palmer earlier in the game. But... Honestly, he made a ton of great plays today. He he had a great play down the sideline where he was locked in on on his guy. I think it was Powell. Uh, he was locked in on Powell, tipped the ball, broke it up. It was a tip drill. Hamlin, the safety, comes over, picks the ball off. But he had a lot of pass breakups today and really showed that, you know, he's a bigger guy. He's 6'2", but he's got track-style speed. He's a long jumper. He's on the UW track team. He didn't have a pick in college, but – you know, he's definitely coming into the day. I was concerned that that he wasn't going to get drafted, to be honest. But I think now with with what he's probably going to run at his pro day, being a track guy with his size at six two, and then his game film today, I think he'll definitely get drafted. Really big game for Keith. Needed to step up, and he answered the bell. Jonathan Cooper, defensive lineman of Ohio State, really had a great second half. I think I wrote his name down in my notes five or six times in the second half, consistently in the backfield, couple tackles for loss. He had a sack. I think one of those half sacks was with Cameron Sample uh, in the second half. This is an absolute beast out there. Uh, really enjoyed watching him. He definitely made some money for himself. Next guy, Des Fitzpatrick, wide receiver out of Louisville was never not open today. I mean, he was open all game long. And it's no surprise that he led the team in receiving. He had six catches, 90 yards, but it could have been a lot more than that. I know Felipe Franks missed him on a wide open throw down down the seam. Uh, sorry, not down the seam, down the sideline. Uh, about, about midway through the third quarter. And then he dropped, Desmond Patrick dropped a pass 
late in the game, up the middle, I mean, wide open, and just – now, it was a laser. Shanks absolutely threw a missile, but you still got to catch it. Like, he dotted them up. It wasn't like it wasn't uncatchable. Like, it was an uncontrollable missile, but it was a missile. So, if there's anything I can kind of just go, okay – I'll give you a mulligan on it's that, you know, those, sometimes those things just, you know, those balls that are thrown like that sneak up on you and it happens. Uh, my next guy, Kenny Yaboa, tight end at an Ole Miss, pretty quiet most of the game, but really showed his athleticism on a touchdown catch that really wasn't a touchdown catch. He, he was down at like the half yard line, but again, no, no replay, but you know, great play rule. He absolutely climbed the ladder on a throw. Franks threw about midway, I think early in the third quarter or maybe into the second quarter. And, and he went up the ladder to go get it. And, and it was really impressive to see from a tight end. You don't see tight ends with that kind of athletic ability. Like you see tight ends who are solid athletes and they make decent plays, but you normally don't see guys outside of guys like maybe Antonio Gates or Jimmy Graham or Travis Kelsey, guys who are elite athletes who can actually go up the ladder and get a, and, and come down and like moss dudes. That's what he did here. And that's why I call it the great play rule. Like he made a great play at the goal line, great catch. Didn't quite get over the goal line, but whatever. You know, it, the play still is great, so it doesn't matter. Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones, defensive lineman at a pit, both had great games. Patrick Jones had a sack, was consistently in the backfield. Rashad Weaver – you're not going to see this on film because, or you, I'm sorry, you are going to see this on film, but you're not going to see this on the box score. He had maybe one of the plays of the day, third and one, one-on-one with Deontay Brown, the big 360 pound guard out of Alabama. And they try and run the ball up the middle. And he just absolutely stands up Brown at the point of contact, pushes him, sheds his block, blocks the lane the running back has to bounce outside, gets stuffed for like a two-yard loss, which then the next play on fourth and third ends up being a turnover on downs. But just an absolute man-child Rashad Weaver is. And he did this all game. Like I said, he was – it's none of this – a lot of that stuff is not going to show up in the stat book, but he was winning his point of contact and at leverage all game long uh, against whatever offensive lineman they threw in front of him. I was really impressed with Rashad Weaver. And I, you know, no surprise, I'm a big ACC fan. So coming into the game, I was well aware of Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones and what they can do on the line and what they've been able to do all season in the ACC. But both guys did nothing to prove me wrong there. They had great games. Quentin Morris, pretty quiet game, tight end at a Bowling Green State. He had a catch early, but then really towards the end of the game, he had a nice catch and run. Jamie Newman threw a dart up the middle. He catches it, and that, and that wasn't really the impressive part. He was wide open. He should have caught it. There was nothing you know, not that wasn't routine there. But then the athleticism after the catch, he gets upfield really quick, shows he's got some good burst once he catches the ball and, and makes some yards after catch. But then he absolutely hurdles a dude, uh, a would-be tackler, and gets about four or five extra yards before finally being taken down. That was really impressive. That was great athleticism to see what Quentin could do once he has the ball in his hands and what he can do when he runs with it. So that was really cool to see. I thought, I thought, you know, again, he, he made a couple catches, nothing that jumped off the page except for that one play, but that one play is enough to make me look at it. If I'm a scout and go, okay, this guy has some athletic ability. He's got some talent that could probably translate at the next level. Uh, my next guy, John Bates, tight end at a Boise state. Had a great week of practice. I thought he looked like the best tight end all weekend, 11-on-11 11 11 drills. And sure enough, 
he was just steady Eddie today as well. You know, the two-minute drill toward the end of the half, he had a couple catches and just knows how to get open. He doesn't do anything particularly, like, spectacular. He's not going to be a super high draft pick. In fact, he's probably going to be a late-round guy, but he just knows how to get open. He runs great routes. Uh, He got open on a nice 15-yard curl route early that he just ran a perfect, perfect route. Uh, just, Just overall, a great week for John Bates. My next guy, Taquan Graham, defensive lineman out of Texas, had a really solid game as well. Again, another guy you're not going to see in the stat book, but he consistently won blocks up front. He he consistently was shedding blocks, making good plays at the line of scrimmage, limiting runs uh, to you know a yard or two. He's not going to get a tackle for loss stat there, but anything they tried to run to his side of the field today, he did a really, really good job of just using leverage and using his technique to, to get off of blocks and make plays and really hold the offense accountable. I uh, was really excited to see him do well. And then my last guy is the other defensive lineman from Notre Dame, Ade Ogundeji. And he definitely made some money today because those gold helmets between him and Hayes were in the backfield all game long. He ended up getting a sack. He had some tackles for losses. He just ate up whatever offensive lineman they threw in front of him. So he definitely had some – he definitely made some money and had a really good game. Now, you hear me talk about all these players. You know, Kenny, that's a lot of players. Well, look, there was a lot of there was a lot of good play today that I just couldn't let slide on a reaction video. Like I just couldn't – or a reaction uh, show. I just couldn't do it. There was too many guys to highlight. And, and it was really splitting hairs to cut the list off at that. But those guys who I saw multiple times today – make great plays. So hats off to all the guys I just mentioned. They did well to bump their draft stock up in this game and really throughout the week as well, for the most part. Now my MVPs, if I have to whittle it down, because I'm such a fanboy, I I couldn't do it. So I've got co-MVPs on offense and defense. So let's start with defense. No surprise, Ellerson Smith, defensive lineman at at a University of Northern Iowa, and Cameron Sample, defensive lineman out of Tulane. Two small, two small school guys just absolutely doing work on the D-line today. Very impressive. I'm excited to see where these guys end up on their pro days and where they end up in the draft so I can follow them at the next level because I became big fans of both guys today. <clears throat> Offensively, I had to go Des Fitzpatrick and Michael Carter. Des Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver out of Louisville, was open all day, had great rapport with whatever quarterback was throwing him to football. Outside of that one drop, he was just, I guess he was just wide open all game long. No matter what route he ran, he ran it very crisp. So kudos to Dez. And then Michael Carter running back out of UNC, just an absolute beast. Best running back on the field by far. Extremely physical, extremely explosive. It's definitely going to be a problem at the next level for uh, whatever team has to go up against him on Sunday. So Michael Carter, kudos to you as well. Now, let's let's talk about quarterback play, because at the end of the day, quarterbacks drive the league. They drive the media. They drive everything. They're the captain of the teams, most likely. And they're the guys everybody talks about. So let's, you know, break down quarterbacks. First quarterback up, Felipe Franks. Up and down day, you know, kind of like his career. He had drives where he looked fantastic, where everything was kind of coming together for him. He showed good touch. He had good accuracy. He's got a rocket for an arm. He's got great size, and he moves well for his size. But then there was then there were series where he didn't look like 
he belonged on the field. You know, missed a couple open players, overthrew the ball, didn't have enough touch, was trying to force it in there. So Frank's kind of played like his his whole college career today. Had some highs, had some lows. For the most part, I don't think he did anything to really hurt or help his stock. I think he's a guy who's probably going to get a fourth or fifth round grade uh, because he's a guy who's 6'6", 230-plus pounds with a rocket arm. Those guys are always going to get drafted because you you think you can coach them up. You think you can teach them how to play. And who knows? With the right coaching, he might be the guy. Physically, he showed why teams like what he can do. He just needs to clean it up a bit. Jamie Newman. This one hurts because this is, you know, he's a Wake guy. And everybody knows who listens to the pot. I'm a Wake Forest guy. And even though he left to go to Georgia and ended up not playing, there's no hard feelings there or anything like that. He was just kind of looked like he looked all week in practice, just rusty. He didn't have a good feel for the pocket. Looked like he had a lot of pocket rust, as Daniel Jeremiah put it. He just didn't look comfortable. He looked like he was forcing throws at some time, at some points. He was very inaccurate uh, on intermediate throws, which has kind of been his MO throughout his whole career. He threw a couple balls at the feet on checkdowns because he just didn't have his footwork. His feet weren't underneath him because, again, he just didn't look comfortable in the pocket. However, he did start to look a little bit better toward the end of the game. He threw a late touchdown and really in the last like two minute drill there started to look like the Jamie Newman we saw at Wake. However, I think it was probably a little bit too late, you know, with the week. And I don't want to be a negative Nelly. That's not what this podcast is about. I don't want to bash any players, especially, you know, guys who are out there giving it their all in, in, in this practice. But unfortunately, there is a little bit of realism here. Newman definitely hurt his stock this week and by not playing this year and not really playing or practicing for the last 16 months has really hurt his stock this was a guy who was viewed as possibly a a fringe first rounder a likely second maybe third round pick and I don't see him going before the sixth round I think he's a project at this point he's a guy you take you know maybe highest in the fifth I would I would argue against that He's probably a sixth or seventh round guy at this point. Ian Book pretty much played like he always does. You know, he's got elite feel in the pocket. He knows how to get around in the pocket. He's a great athlete, but he left some throws on the table. He floated some throws that were, I would consider NFL throws, you know, uh, on the far hash where he had to throw across the field and just, you know, I don't know how to say other than he looked like Ian Book. To me, he's a sixth-round ceiling at best. Um, He just doesn't have the arm. He's a smart quarterback. He can extend the play. He can, you know, he's a great athlete. I don't know how. I I don't know how much his athleticism translates in the NFL because I feel like there are guys who are going to be bigger, faster, and stronger than him that he's that he hasn't seen yet. And so, I'm concerned that that he's not going to be able to use his athleticism to bail him out the next level. But I mean, like I said, he played a, he played a decently well game. He played an Ian book type of game for all of you. Hardcore college football fans. You know exactly what I say when he played an Ian book type of game. Same with Sam Ellinger. He played solid, but pretty unspectacular, uh, left some throws on the table, just like book did. Didn't really look like he had an elite arm. Again, a guy, in my opinion, who has a six-round ceiling, guy who could maybe be a serviceable serviceable backup in the NFL. You know, he has plus athletic ability. He's physical. He's kind of, you know, people call him the Tim Tebow without the fanfare. I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't think he's as dynamic as an athlete Tebow was. 
But, you know, he's a good athlete for a college quarterback. Again, like Ian Book, I'm not convinced that he can use that athleticism at the next level where guys who are 6'5", 300 are just as good as athletes. Really, the guy who made the most money at quarterback today is Kellen Mond. He's actually was the MVP of the game. He was 13 of 25 for 173 yards, two touchdowns, average seven yards a throw. Yeah, I don't really look into the stats too much in this game. You know, quarterbacks, I don't think are going to put up huge numbers anyway. So don't let that, don't let that swage you one way or another of what you think of Kellen Mond. But he honestly, he looked well. He, he got in a rhythm and made some really big boy throws. What really stood out to me is he stood in the pocket a couple times with intense pressure coming in. He stood in there. Kept his, kept his mechanics, and delivered strikes to his targets. He did that on the two-point conversion to Amari Rodgers. He definitely made some great plays, some great throws on his two touchdown passes, one to Amari Rodgers and one to Trayvon Grimes. Like, just absolute dots he threw people. And so that was really impressive. I'm sorry, uh, Josh Palmer, not, not Trayvon Grimes. My apologies. I think he solidified himself as probably – I think you're going to hear people say he's got a late second round evaluation on him. I don't think I'd take him any higher than the third, but I, to me, he's a third or fourth round guy, but he definitely solidified him as the seventh quarterback in this class. You know, you're going to have obviously Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. Then I think Kevin or Kellen Mond is probably that seventh quarterback at this point. Yeah, I think he solidified that today with his play, with what he was able to show that he could do in the pocket. And, you know, he didn't have a great week of practice, but it wasn't bad either. So a good game today, I think, pretty much, excuse me, pretty much did a good job at locking in that seventh quarterback behind that initial top six that have kind of been the top six all year. And then Matt Jones did not play today. Uh, he rolled his ankle the last practice. Well, he didn't even really roll it. One of the defensive linemen wasn't being an athlete and fell on the ground and rolled it behind him and rolled his ankle, which is just really disappointing because I was excited to see Mac Jones play today because it sounded like he was going to play because there was a lot of big prospects who didn't play today. I didn't see Boogie Basham on the field. I didn't see Tylen Wallace. I didn't see Kadarius Toney. Uh, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith weren't on the field. So there, uh, Alex Leatherwood, I didn't see. So there was a lot of guys who didn't play today that were big time, but it sounded like he was going to play. And he had a great week of practice. He looked good. I was really hoping he could show player, people that, you know, he could play without the elite talent that Alabama gives them. Um, but, you know, he looked great all week. I think he, to me, I would put him as the fifth quarterback. I can deal with arguments for being fourth. I think him and Trey Lance are probably 4A and 4B. I think it just depends on what situation you're drafting them into. But Mac Jones is definitely a first-round pick, in my opinion. He showed that he I, – I thought in practice this week that he was by far the best quarterback out of the crop that was here this week. And he really made some money. So I, But he, I, unfortunately, we didn't get to see him live today. But that's okay because Kellen Mond – got to play a little bit more than he probably would have, and, and it really helped him out, and he answered the bell. So that was my thoughts on the quarterback. Final, My final thoughts as we start to wrap up here uh, on this week in this game it is, you know, I've always been a big fan of the Senior Bowl. I've really enjoyed it, and I don't know if 
because we've been doing this podcast now for the last nine months, if this was just a different experience, because we've been, I've been following a lot of these guys all year, but man, I gotta say, this was a great event Jim Nagy put on and, and kudos to them for getting it done. Obviously COVID has presented a ton of challenges this year for athletics and look, I think I read something that they did 3,000 COVID tests all week to make sure everybody was safe and they had uh, great protocols and, and the event went, went on without a hitch. Great job. Great show. Practices were intense all week. Matt Rule and Brian Flores did a great job coaching. I, I definitely can't wait to attend this event next year. This will be the Prospects 101 crew, myself, Gless, and Pastel will definitely be there next year. You can count on that. Uh, had a really unique and fun time watching this event this year. And, and it's just a really great program they put on for kids to get drafted. So those are my final thoughts. I really don't have anything else to add other, you know, outside of the preview show we did earlier this week and obviously this instant reaction show. Uh, look forward to Pro Days being announced here in the future. We're going to have a lot of stuff leading up to the NFL draft on Pro Days. We're going to have some mock drafts coming out. We're going to have some NFL division needs like NFC East, AFC East. We'll do shows like that where we break down needs of each team and who might be the best fits. I mean, we've got tons and tons and tons of prospect and draft content coming your way as we are now on the, officially on the road to the NFL draft. Remember, you can subscribe and listen to Prospects 101 on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you're giving us a five-star review wherever you can. It really helps when we can spread the word and get the show out there with more exposure. So if you like the show and you want to hear more of it and you want us to get more exposure, please leave us a five-star review wherever you can. For my, my hosts who are not here today, happy birthday, by the way, to Brandon Glessner. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday to him. For Pastel and myself, Kenny, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Talk to you soon.